This is the Six Man Show, an Orlando Magic podcast, with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic basketball. By fans, for fans. Go Magic. What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. It is May, M-A-Y, it is not March, it is May 11th, 2020. Once again, you guys are back with the Six Man Show. This is Jonathan. Luke, what's going on, brother? Man, I'm just staying safe. Staying I, safe, uh, you got the mask on? I got the mask on right now, and uh, it, this, this plan is almost backfiring, Jonathan, because I'm fogging up my glasses every time I breathe. Oh, that's the worst, bro. So it's either my glasses, my vision goes, or my safety, so I don't... I don't know which one to choose, but you know, we'll we'll make it happen. Well, actually, you know what? Now that you're wearing that, I, I I'm I'm not properly dressed. Give me give me right. just one second. I, I need to do something here. Okay, okay, thank you. I really hope you're putting on a mask. It's a had, it's a jersey. The electric blue throwback jersey, and why is if that, those- Luke? If those aren't beautiful, why why do we, I, why did I have to bust this baby out? We we got to see a glimpse of those bad boys uh, in the last dance doc tonight. They're they're trying to they're trying to paint Jordan in this wonderful light. You know what I mean? But you know he comes back in '95 from baseball. You know the baseball strikes going on and everything like that. Drops the double nickel in Madison Square Garden and it's MJ's back. Mm-hmm. Right. Lose to the Magic in six games. Magic right. clinched the series wearing these electric blue throwbacks, mm-hmm. right? But now in the documentary, even Horace Grant, who we can we talked you know a little bit about Horace Grant earlier this week, uh, with a with a revelation that a lot of us learned about something Shaq related with Horace Grant. But now tonight on this doc, which we'll talk more about in a moment. He's he's given the whole excuse. Oh, MJ wasn't himself in that series. Miss me with that. Mm-hmm. He wasn't himself. That's that's all it was. Jonathan, the Magic, you know they we didn't deserve the win. Jordan was gassed. He was in baseball shape, but you know it. It's fine. He had played what like seventeen games prior to that series, right? And uh, and his fourth one or however what it was dropped the fifty five in Madison Square Garden. Uh, it, nah, I'm, not the same I'm guy. Right. Not I'm the same not guy. Forty five ain't twenty three. Jonathan, that's the thing. You know what? The Magic, we were probably trash. That's probably what it was. That's what. It, that's, that's yeah. It. We weren't that's any what. good. Michael Jordan he wasn't the same guy. So mm-hmm. even even when we look back, when the Magic were actually good, we don't get respect. It's right. always some yeah. kind of discount. We yep. MJ uh, in his seventeen games was dropping a cool twenty-seven a game. Not uh, bad, but. We're not back. Twenty twenty seven seven and five, and um, you know wasn't back. Yeah, but you you can see. I will say this, though. I will I will say it was a little ridiculous tonight hearing them talk about how you know they just essentially discounted the Magic's win and what that meant and beating Jordan and you know being the only reason that he didn't win that many in a row. Uh, he didn't win the seven essentially, but he did shoot. 41%, which was down from the 49 the year before he had that when he was playing, and then the year next year he shot 49%. So he was down about eight points in his percentage, uh, but nevertheless still averaged the 27 a game and was definitely 
still uh, himself. I would agree with that. I would completely agree with that. But let's not get too much into that. I had to make the uh, the wardrobe wardrobe change here. Um, you know, it's not a it's not a Horace Grant jersey. It's Markel Fultz, but it'll do for now, mm-hmm. for the occasion. So we have a, we do have a couple of things that we want to go over this week. Um, a few things that were in the news. I think let's let's start with Horace Grant because that was a little bit earlier in the week. So uh, if you didn't get a chance to hear that, uh, the some of the guys over at Barstool, the part of my take podcast, uh, they had Horace Grant on, you know, a, a week or so ago, uh, talking about the Last Dance documentary. Uh, and Big Cat on that wanted to ask Horace, you know, some questions about the Orlando Magic and you know, uh, not winning a championship there and kind of everything that happened that you know led that to to Shaq's departure from Orlando. And uh, it turns out that while Shaq was going through that whole process, he calls Horace up one day. Like three times, I think is what Horace said. Horace didn't pick up the phone, didn't return his calls, nothing like that. Um, and then the next thing that he hears is that Shaq signed with the Lakers. And he hmm. said, you know what, if, if I would have picked up the phone and he told me he was thinking of doing that, I would have begged him. He said, I would have yep. got on my knees and begged him to stay. Did he say why he didn't? answer or return them did he get into that i didn't listen to the whole interview no okay so i I, just a little bit of tidbit here now i have nothing to back this up this is complete speculation and and hearsay so take this with a grain of salt okay a little little uh conspiracy a little conspiracy theory here i don't want (laughs) to see look i don't want this to be our debut on bleacher report or anything like that okay (laughs) i want it to Mm -hmm. be for a good reason i don't need horace grant hitting us up you know, talking about my mom and stuff like that. All right. <laughs> right. So I posted that little um, that snippet from that interview on the Orlando Magic Reddit page. And mm-hmm. there's a guy who claimed that he knows someone that lived in the same neighborhood as Horace Grant at the time and claimed that he always had very attractive women at his house. So he alluded to the fact that maybe Horace was a little preoccupied, possibly. Wow. Wow. So, yeah, I I have nothing to back that up. I'm sure it's complete BS, but but it's fun to think about that the fact that actually it hurts. It's to sad, think about, but that's real life. Your friend calls you, Jonathan. I'm I'm sorry, but if I'm with my wife, you know, uh, and you call me, and you know, I'm I'm I might not answer. You know, that's I all I'm understand. Saying. I would in cert- certain circumstances, I would prefer that you didn't answer. <laughs> So, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't answer. But and, um, I was I was trying to take a little snooze today. You called me. I was like, man, this might be an emergency. Luke is 3,000 miles away in Omaha, but maybe he's somewhere without gas, and I'm his only line of contact. I got to pick up the right. phone. That's what a bro does. You did. You did answer the call. I also called you yesterday or the day before, and you were sleeping. So I woke you up. I mean, so yeah. you're answering all kinds of calls for me. That's, I, hey, I, I was out that. here trying to get paper, doing a little Uber Eats on the side. I was out late. Mm-hmm. And uh, you called me, woke me up out of bed. You know, there's I could count on one hand the other voices I'd rather wake up to. So right, that's it. Yeah, just it's bros me. being dudes. It's me. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, but that that horror stuff is is I mean, it hurts. It, it hurts. hurts a lot. Um, the other stuff that hurts to hear a lot is you know, Michael Jordan with withholding food from Horace but oh other man than that, oh, oh man let's not talk about that <laughs> no the best all, thing all I know is Michael Jordan was not withholding food from Scottie Pippen I know that 
it didn't matter what kind of game Scotty had. You, MJ was not trying to do that with Scotty. No, but Horace for whatever reason, Horace my Horace seemed to take it. But I mean, Shannon Sharp went on. I was just about to say that's the best thing I see all seen all week. Just saying that he would have just whooped MJ if he tried that on him, which right. we know. Oh, Shannon dude, being Shannon's a football jet. player, he's huge. I don't even think MJ would try to attest to that. Like that yeah. he would stand a chance, but. All I'm saying is it's pretty crazy. I mean, it, this is the times where I wish social media existed back then. Um, just because that's nobody nobody does that now. No. Nobody does that type of stuff. And I was talking to somebody the other day, um, and I said, what happens if social media is around back then? What happens to the legacy of MJ, the legacy of a lot of these guys right. for what they did? Um, punching Steve Kerr in the face, which they talked about tonight. Um, things like that. And he said it wouldn't. That stuff wouldn't happen. Right. Because everybody's scared to death about social media and what it kind of just airs out everything. So I, I do wonder, back in the 90s, what, how different it would have been in the sports world with MJ and stuff if social media was around to hold people accountable. With holding teammates from with food. You know how, how short amount of time that would take to get out on Twitter? Oh, yeah. It, it wouldn't take long at all. So it, it's all, I mean, the MJ doc and, and has brought that, you know, Horace kind of talked about it and um, whether that was public knowledge or not, it is now. And so, yeah, man, you, you look at all that stuff and it's, I mean, it's just, it's insane kind of what, what people used to do um, back then and, and what they got away with. But um, all that to say, what did, what did you think of the doc tonight? Uh, I mean, I, I I enjoyed it. Like, obviously, we all knew that the baseball stuff that, you know, MJ left and, and went and played, you know, for the Chicago White Sox minor league team and, and everything like that. But um, obviously, like, I was super, super young at that time. Like, when, when MJ retired, like, in 93, I don't even think I was born yet. I think it happened, like, a few days before I was born. Mm. So um, being able to just go through it and, and learn some more information about that um, – and then, really, the whole reason of watching tonight, you know, and, and you and I doing this podcast, we, we were really just anticipating getting to the Orlando Magic. Like, we had seen, you know, a couple of, you know, snippets uh, of them throughout this documentary and everything like that. Like, going back to, what was it, the, the 98 All-Star game where, you know, they were talking about Kobe and you saw Penny Hardaway in that locker room and everything like that. That was pretty cool. Um, yeah. You saw some, some shots. It looked like Shaq was at the quote-unquote Jordan Dome when they were uh, filming Space Jam uh, mm -hmm. in the, the summer of, of 95 or 96 after yeah. um, they lost to the Magic. So um, that was pretty cool. Uh, but, but, I mean, obviously this, the whole point of the documentary is to try to paint Jordan in a, in a positive light, which honestly isn't a very hard thing to do. He's arguably the greatest basketball player of all time. But I, I do wish they would have spent a little bit more time on the Orlando Magic. But, of course, that's my opinion from a Magic fan. Most people probably don't care all that much about the fact that the Bulls you know lost that series you know whether Jordan was at 100% or not they just they kind of brush over it they they make excuses for it like we saw in the documentary tonight um, and that's kind of the thing that I was most surprised that I touched on it earlier was Horace Grant kind of making that omission that you know MJ wasn't you know 100% because if I'm sorry if I beat you I don't care what excuse you have I'm still going to hold that over you that I beat you that I won mm -hmm. So to hear him kind of omit that and then to admit that in 96 in the Eastern Conference Finals when they were 
I don't want to say the S word. Don't say it. But um, gotta, that they didn't have a chance. That was that was that was kind of hurtful as well. Because I mean, Horace, you know, played really really well in in that series against the Bulls in '95. But '96, apart from Shaq and Penny, really didn't get too much offensive pr- production from from really anybody else, which. Uh, led to to the sweep of the 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 magic there, but um, I said the S word. I didn't want to say it, but I said it. Um, you said it. But yeah, I mean, we're at in '96. We're talking about arguably the greatest basketball team in the history of the world. Now that is up for debate when you start talking about like the 2017, 2018 Golden State Warriors. Sure, that's not the team that holds the regular season win record, but when you throw Kevin Durant into that mix with the team right. with the best regular season record of all time, then it's just you know. It it depends, you know, what happens. If you just throw them on a court today without allowing the Bulls to get acclimated to the three-point line and everything like that, it's not even close. It, it's just no. – it'd be silly to make that argument. But but what about yeah. you? What did you take from tonight? Um. Well, to be honest with you, I was nervous. I was texting you, and I was like, man, what what, what happens if they don't even touch on the Magic? And I, I believe you tweeted something from the six-man account saying, we I really hope they don't brush over – uh, the fact that uh, that this that this happened in the playoffs that, that the Magic beat the Bulls, um, so yeah, man, I I think that uh, I think it was. I mean, it's all interesting. It's all stuff that um, you may or may not have heard before, but it's cool. I think the one thing that uh, obviously the ESPN's done a lot right with this documentary, but the one thing that I believe they got 100% right is MJ and his interviews and kind of driving the whole thing. Right. I mean, I can't. I don't know how many days they were filming and how many hours they filmed at a time, but um, you got to imagine it was a lot of time, a lot of footage, a lot of footage they probably didn't even use uh, from the interviews. But MJ really carries the whole documentary, so I do think that that is the cool aspect: is that um, you get that live reaction um, from MJ throughout the whole doc. Um, obviously that carried into tonight. That's kind of been the theme throughout the whole, all seven part, eight parts so far. So, uh, yeah, man, I, I think that, I think it's really well done. Um, I do think that there are some times where I'm like, okay, can we fast forward? Can we get through this? I know, I know what happens here. I, I get it. I think most basketball fans watching this know what happens here. Um, but I, I do believe that the element of MJ kind of adding to it and doing his own commentary uh, really keeps the doc going. I think it, it keeps it interesting. I like the the point that you just made. All this footage that they have, and I don't I don't know how long they were filming. You know, some of that, which is obviously more recent footage of MJ. You know, kind of um, talking about these moments in in his career, but. It, it seems to be done, you know, over like a serious length of time because there are certain points where it looks like, you know, he's maybe, you know, 10 or 15 pounds heavier. Um, maybe that's the, the camera angle that they're shooting at. But there are some, you know, it, it seems like they're kind of filming from the right of the room, you know, towards the right where you kind of see like his left side. And then mm-hmm. when they film the other side from his right, he looks a little bit heavier. So I think. Obviously, they worked on this a long time. We have footage from you know twenty two years ago and and beyond that. Um, yeah, and and interviews that involve guys like David Stern, who are obviously not with us anymore. So yeah, Jerry they, Krause. Did you know that Jerry Krause was like the most evil person that ever lived? Um, I had I no heard, idea of that until I, I had watched heard this documentary. Like little things about Jerry Krause, but not to this extent. I'm, I mean, he he seemed pretty harsh. <laughs> I'm being totally um, facetious, by the way. Like. 
This documentary yeah. is literally making him look like the worst person alive. Yeah, and that's the thing is like they they've done all this stuff where it's like he looks terrible, and then uh, you had some other people that kind of stood up for him during the doc at the I think at the beginning the first two parts saying you know Jerry is one of the the nicest guys ever. And, and, you know, this just kind of some things put him in a bad light. Obviously, when you're getting pitted against Michael Jordan, the, the most beloved basketball player of all time, uh, it's really hard to seem like you're the good guy when MJ is proposing, you know, what he thinks and, and what he thought should have been done. And Jerry Krause kind of just absolutely looking like a villain the entire time. So, yeah, it's, it's a little weird uh, how they portray him, but... I mean, I imagine just like in any business, there's there's guys that, that look like bad guys and there's guys that look like good guys. And Jerry Krause, unfortunately, is kind of in the line of fire here and is painted as the bad guy in this doc. Yeah, and it's just it kind of leaves a, a bad taste in my mouth just because, like, obviously he's not around to, you know, defend himself. And, and like you mentioned, throughout maybe the first episode or the, the first two episodes, there was a little bit of, you know, kind of sticking up for, for Jerry Krause, but it's like every episode, they just got to make sure that you don't forget that Jerry Krause was a evil piece of crap. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I also just kind of, you know, find it weird. Obviously we didn't live through that whole thing. So you can watch all the documentaries and everything like that, but unless you were experiencing some of this news unfold and, and break in real time and following the day-to-day of you know the the 98 bulls and everything like that the fact that michael jordan just felt like he had no other choice that he couldn't play basketball if it wasn't for the bulls and if it wasn't for for phil jackson um that's just kind of perplexing to me but like i said we didn't live through all of that i'm sure there are nuances that aren't included in the documentary but that's just kind of strange to me yeah i mean like with every with every doc there's there's an angle there's there's things that get touched on there's things that don't i'm sure that you could tell a whole other story with jerry krause of good fun stories of you know how about the fact that he let mj bully him essentially all the time there's some pretty good roasts in there i can't lie there are but he took it i mean it seems like he took it like a champ for the most part and uh so i i mean you know you can make anything seem however you want it and especially when you got as much footage as they've got you got plenty of angles to get so yeah, man, it, it's it's really, I mean, it's it's crazy. the The whole doc is crazy. I'm, um, you know, all the unprecedented footage that's that's going to come out and all that stuff. So it's it's pretty nuts. The other the other uh, really big takeaway uh, from me tonight that I, I missed on a moment ago was um, game. Um, what I forget which game it was. Um, we just watched this documentary, but uh, the the year that Jordan sat out the whole year, the Bulls and the Knicks series where in that game in the closing moments, Phil Jackson right. decides to run the play for Tony Kukoc and Scottie Pippen just sits out. Now I've heard that story before, but it, I couldn't help think like if Kukoc misses that shot and the oh. series is over there and, oh, Pippen, and, and Pippen gets crucified. Absolutely. Absolutely. Not like not, not even if that happened today, if that happens back in, you know, 94, He's, he gets killed. I can't. I can't even imagine what would happen to him today with social media and well, everything like that. Yeah, and the, the, it's funny you you bring that up. Pippen talks about uh, they they cut back to him to the present day, and he says, "I'd go back and do the same thing." I was like, "What is that time. about? What do you mean?" And, and and it's very easy to say that when Kukoc made the shot, right? But like you said, if he misses it, this is totally different. Yeah. It, it is totally different, and I promise that if if that happens, they fast forward to current day today, and Pippen says, "I would redo it if I could." 
No way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I still, it, it, I just couldn't believe that he still said that. Like, oh, I would still do it. What do you mean you would still do it? Yeah, I don't, I didn't quite understand why he was taking like the, the, you know, mean guy. Like, no, I, I did what I did and I wouldn't change a thing about it. Like that, that was crazy. I also can't imagine if, if something like that happened today. We've had some weird things happen in the NBA, obviously, um, such as D Rose just like completely missing a game and not showing up. We've had right. some odd things like that happen, but I can't imagine just like final play. It's 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 you know, Clay Thompson, the Warriors essentially is what I would liken it to. Like final moments of the game, they the Warriors have a chance to win the game, they draw the play up for Steph and Clay gets mad and says, No, nah, I'm sitting out. Right. I'm sitting never out. I'm not going in. And then he gets roasted by the media the whole next day. Yeah, probably for, like for the rest of his career. And I mean, obviously, you know, that is a blemish on Scottie Pippen's resume like they touched on in the documentary. But I don't think it gets brought up, um, you know, nearly as much as maybe you would expect it to. Or like you said, if it happened today, it would just be a completely different story. Yeah, I, it, yeah, very much so. It's a completely different thing. And um, yeah, man, I. It's just, uh, I don't know. That was that was pretty nuts to me. Um, you know, you've heard that story, but to hear him talk about it, like I said, it's kind of the whole thing that makes this whole this whole documentary is the commentary, and um, just to have the bounce back and forth with between interviews and um, seeing who they're going to interview next and all that kind of stuff. So, so it's it's super interesting stuff, man. And I'm I'm interested. I think it's going to get better in the next two parts. I think the the finale it's set up for a, a pretty good finale. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely excited to see the way that that it maps out, but I just feel like anytime, you know, we we start watching highlights and, you know, whether it's just you know, watching highlights of Shaq and Penny, you know, on, on YouTube or if it's the the 30 30 for documentary, um, you know, this magic moment and, and stuff like that. Anytime we look back, even when I this is a Markel Fultz jersey, but just what this like colorway signifies like the the blue with the the white pinstripes and you know the mm. the black and white trim and everything like that you just can't like help but look at that and just think like what if like why could that not have happened like i was not old enough in that moment to to really i would never be able to appreciate that championship in the same mm. way as you would if you lived through that but it, just the fact, if I could just look back and say, yeah, you know what? At least the Magic have one championship. I wasn't there to witness it, but just give us that little that little yellow tag on the back yep. of the collar. That would just mean so much. Like th- and, that team would just be viewed so much differently, like historically. And well, yeah, well, you got to think if the Magic win one that year, they win a few more. The confidence sky, even if they and Horace players, Grant players about stick this. around. Yep players stick around and we win championships and and who knows rings. you might win win rings to the point where you could then say i remember us winning that ring i right. don't remember the first one but i remember the next ones i remember the so, eighth one you know what i mean right maybe <laughs> not, not, not eight, five yeah not six yeah. yeah so i i think that you know that would obviously completely rewrite history if if we were able to win that year uh, guys stick around. We win more rings. We remember those rings, and it's a whole different franchise. But uh, all that to say, you know, you're wearing that guy Markel Fultz jersey. I uh, I love some Markel Fultz, so I'm glad that you know I'm, I, I would like to have won a championship. But I, I'm glad that we got guys like Markel and and Jonathan Isaac and guys like that that are 
hopefully going to get us there one day. I don't know, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think me personally, I'm about like 80% of where I would like the team to be, at least from like a roster standpoint, leaving plenty of room for development. You know, we definitely need like a, a go-to scorer. Like that's just 100%. Yeah. We think it could be Markel. We think, you know, Chuma is going to be a big help next year when he's able to come back. But I, whenever, like I said, whenever I see that stuff and I, I look back, I just can't think like, like what if, like it would just, mm-hmm. like you said, it would, it would change so many things. Like Horace said in that, that interview, if Nick Anderson makes one free throw in game mm-hmm. one against the Rockets, the magic win, their confidence skyrockets. And then like you alluded to, like the history books of the NBA and the Orlando magic as a franchise would be completely different. So, yep. Hurts to think about, Jonathan. It really does. Yeah, you don't you don't really seem to to love talking about it. I can't say that I blame you. But so let's uh, take this as a as an opportunity. You mentioned Markel Fultz, Jonathan Isaac, kind of the the present state of the Magic and yeah. what the future might hold. So we got a little bit of Orlando Magic news this week, like a little glimmer of hope. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. So we've had you know a lot of things going on. Um, and, you know, the NBA is kind of picking up speed a little bit, and I think it'll just continue to do that, especially as we get into this coming week. Um, hopefully our next podcast is even more exciting in terms of on the news front with the NBA and optimism. Uh, but uh, Mark Stein did tweet out this week that Orlando is targeting Tuesday for opening its doors um, after they received, received authorization um, from Orange County Department of Health uh, to test players. And it's going to allow them to test everybody in the facility, essentially, um, starting this week. And Tuesday, players will be back. We got to see uh, Evan Fournier posted that he was in the facility this past week. Um, obviously, they've got very tight guidelines right now that they're having to adhere to. But um, all that to say, man, I think we're, I think we're getting there. But I, I don't know, obviously this kind of all hinges on COVID and what it wants to do. We're all kind of at the mercy of this as we've come to find out. Um, And, you know, nothing's guaranteed, but I I do think that, you know, states are slowly reopening. Uh, Restaurants are at 25 to 50% capacity now. Um, And, and, you know, some restaurants choosing not to do that, but, um, but you got to think that we're somewhere close. And I, I think that we might be. Yeah, we're def- it definitely seems like we're taking, you know, the steps in the right direction. Like you said, you know, they've been given the uh, the go-ahead to, to test players that are asymptomatic, which in my opinion is is huge and really what a lot of this is going to hinge on. Um, Adam Silver was also on a conference call with, you know, the entire um, Players Association this past week where they kind of laid out what they're looking to do and, and some of the um, options that they're looking at as far as bringing the lead back in a, in a bubble and what capacity and you know what that's going to look like and then there's reports coming out that you know players aren't a huge fan of you know playing like in a bubble you know and, and having to basically live in that bubble to finish out the rest of the season and and my whole thing is like if you've been paying you know even the slightest bit of attention you know to this whole scenario unfolding over the past two plus months like what what else what other options do you have you know mm-hmm. I I understand the the fragility of the situation I understand their concerns but um, you know without games without a product you have no way to generate revenue and generate income for the league. And in turn, the players probably are not going to get paid. So 
if you yeah. want to get paid, and a lot of these guys, it's not everybody's LeBron James or Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. You know, these guys making tens of million dollars a year. There's a lot of, um, you know, end of the bench guys. We're talking about guys like you know Melvin Frazier Jr. or um, like a, a Wessa Wundu. You know, guys like that that aren't making tens of million dollars a year. Now, yes, they're living very comfortably and doing very well for themselves. But a lot of these guys still depend on that paycheck to to take care of their their family and their well being and everything like that. So. I don't know about you, but I was a little bit surprised to hear that, that like apparently there were a, a number of players that were like not crazy about that idea. Like in my opinion, like I, I'll do anything to get basketball back right now. Yeah. And I, I know that they're going to have those big name guys like, like Steph and LeBron. Um, I know Steph jokingly commented on a post that mentioned Disney world being the place that they go for the rest of the season um, saying things like, does this mean we get uh, free passes to the park? Which obviously not going to happen, but that shows that he at least is thinking optimistically about it, right? And and is and is in favor of at least that's how I took it that he's in favor of returning. Um, LeBron obviously came out and spoke kind of on the behalf of a lot of guys, saying we don't care what we have to do, uh, we want to get this done. So as long as you got guys like that who are kind of the faces of the NBA leading the charge there i think that if it's if it's available if if covid and 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 the cdc allows it i think we see the nba uh, at disney so i hope that's the case man but it, it does feel too good to be true um at this point obviously worst case is the season gets canceled but i don't know about you but i I, w- I would like to see a little bit of basketball uh, here in the next couple of months, and I hope we get that. I definitely think it's fair to say that I would agree with you in that scenario. I definitely would like to see some basketball, more than a little bit. I would like to see a lot of bit of basketball. That would a lot of be bit. my preference. And, you know, when we had Keith Smith on the on the podcast, and you guys can go check that out if you haven't heard it, but um, Keith talked about that, that, you know, there's certain things like the NBA tries to – meet a benchmark of uh i believe what do you say 60 or 70 games um that the, that they he wants the the league wants to reach that amount of games in order to um appease you know local to fulfill TV those deals. contracts yeah yeah so um I, there are a little a lot of logistics that you and i don't get or know everything about um probably but, most of them actually we have no idea what we're talking about oh yeah of course, but we're currently, I think they're sitting at like 64, 65 games right now be, that have been played. Um, so if they can get, did you say 60 or 70 games? I think it was TV? 70. I believe so he we, said 70. So if we can get four or five games essentially to complete a regular season, I'm assuming that's how that works. You complete the regular season, quote unquote, as as to appease those deals. And then we can maybe go into a playoff. So maybe they say, okay, end of the regular season here we'll do five games six games seven games something just to get to that number and hit that number and then we will jump into playoffs i don't know what it's going to look like jonathan i don't i'm not going to act like i know um but but i do think that um there are good signs as we've mentioned that we could be playing basketball here um here in the next couple months the thing that Keith also mentioned that was part of the reason I was a little bit surprised to hear, and you know the players probably aren't privy to this information, but he did mention that you know if you're at you know one of these resorts or at one of the parks 
um, and you know a, a hurricane or a tropical storm comes through and you get this kind of shelter in place order that Disney does a really good job obviously you can't access the parks at that time but Disney does a really good job of bringing entertainment to those resorts to try to keep those families entertained and everything like that so yeah obviously and, it's and not it, ideal gotta, but it's better than nothing you got to imagine that if they bring these families in which apparently is the case that they want to bring family in to these resorts if they do that at Disney or whatever it might be. You got to think they're going to be putting some pretty nice resorts. Uh, and I don't know if you've stayed in any of those resorts, Jonathan, but these resorts are uh, not too bad. No, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think that, you know, the, the five and six year old kids are going to have too much of an issue being locked in the resort all day. They got a lot of cool stuff to do. They have, like you said, Keith and Keith touched on, you know, people coming in to kind of entertain them. Uh, their restaurants are very entertaining as well. They've got some really cool ones in certain resorts where they interact with you at a higher level than they, you know, you would at a, your local Caravas or Outback. So um, they they've got a lot of a lot of cool stuff to offer. So I do think that um, that Disney would be a really cool solution, as we've talked about many times. But I, I think that we're hopefully to that point soon. Yeah. the 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 last thing I kind of want to touch on that was really a bummer you know I'm, I'm in my car driving the other night and I started to get some of these notifications from Woj to my phone talking about that meeting that Adam Silver had with the Players Association and you know he brought up the fact that we probably won't see fans in arenas until there's a vaccine for COVID-19 and that was just the ultimate bummer the ultimate gut punch like I mean it makes sense like that idea has been batting around but to hear Adam Silver the commissioner of the NBA say that like means that the league and, and the owners around the league are strongly considering that. And in my opinion, that seems like the most likely scenario at this point. Yeah. And they pioneer the way probably for a lot of other things. They're the, the first sport to really shut it down immediately. And you got to think that colleges will have to follow suit because who knows, maybe that, that idea and everything gets endorsed by the CDC. Obviously a lot of this is going to be driven by the CDC telling them, what's safe and what's not. And here, I, I think you could see a little bit of, you know, Adam Silver saying this, you know, we might not have fans for, for this long. and um, But I, I think you could see them kind of double back if the CDC comes out and says, I think you guys can do this. I think you can afford to have fans, whether that's at half capacity, quarter capacity, some type of capacity. They, there's got to be some number that right. the CDC would be like, oh, okay, yeah, that's fine. So who knows? Maybe we look at half half full stadiums uh and arenas in the next year and a half two years um but yeah i with that all being said i don't doubt that i'm silver is ready to to not allow fans in arenas for that long but i also wouldn't be surprised if he circles back around and says you know okay never mind the cdc is saying we can do this or we can't do this and this is what we're going to do moving forward my question about that would be like at some point someone is going to have to hold some kind of liability. So if the CDC says, okay, you can have, you know, 16,000, you know, fans, you know, in an arena or, you know, NBA right. arena, the capacity is much smaller than football stadium. So let's say about 20. Yeah. Let's say, you know, the capacity would be something like 4,000 fans or 8,000 fans or something like yeah. that. And then you go to a, a game and they can kind of, and you co contract coronavirus and you die and they can kind of link that back to you contracting it at an NBA game, are you then having to sign some kind of waiver before you go in and, and play this game? Are they going to put the players or the arena workers at risk to be, um, you know, 
exposed to coronavirus. Like, as soon as Rudy Gobert got it, the league was over. Yep. So who's to say that that doesn't happen again? So that, in my opinion, that's why I think it's the most likely scenario going forward, at least for the NBA, right? Because it, it is, you are so close. You're closer to the action than in any other sport. It is completely indoors, right? There's, there's no breeze. There's no open air. There's nothing, right? So you cough, yeah. that's just moving about. Right. Yeah, and that that yeah, you, you say that about M, and you know the NBA stadiums and stuff, but and you look at college football stadiums and they got ninety ninety thousand to hundred thousand, hundred ten thousand people packed right. in a stadium, like sardines and sweating all over each other and mm. and like you said, coughing all over. It's just it it doesn't look good right. for fans of college football. Definitely. Right. Um. They definitely don't aren't going to get a pass here. They're the furthest thing. They're the ones that, that CDC is probably most concerned about. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know if you, you got a chance to, to watch it. You and I are kind of talking about it, but the UFC fights last night, um, they had, they played or they, they competed. They were kind of the first sport besides maybe WWE that, which is why I say sport. Um, but they're the first sport to compete somewhere um that didn't have fans right. and man it was such a weird atmosphere um i don't know much about fighting I, i'm not going to act like i do but i do know that when uh when a fighter lands a punch the arena and the, the the arena goes crazy but last night it was weird it was like they'd make a they'd make a great connection with a right hook and all you heard was the opposing fighter's coach talking to him Right. It's like and watching it so, a sparring match almost. Right. And then they go and and you can hear everything perfectly. So it, it did make for a really entertaining thing. And maybe the, the NBA can lean into that. Maybe you, you mic up more players or whatever and kind of just tell the players, hey, let's not go too crazy here. We're going to be airing like a lot of what you say a lot. Obviously, TNT does the wired. ESPN does the wired stuff. And, and, and things like that so i think that we're looking at some pretty cool stuff that they that, in, that arenas can do and production crews can do um so from a production standpoint which is my background i'm very kind of intrigued to see what can happen with an empty stadium uh because it is very eerie um and there it's it, it's just very weird man but it is cool to kind of get to hear the the details of everybody talking well, you just brought up something pretty, uh, something cool, and it kind of struck a an idea in my head. So, you know, we've been talking about like if there's not going to be fans, like we need to hear the players talking trash, right? Mm -hmm. and it has to be uncensored. Like I would pay, right. I would pay extra a month on my yeah. cable to get that uncensored. Now, before the Last Dance documentary, I had never heard an mf'er on live <laughs> television. Have you? Uh, no. Maybe ESPN is testing the waters. See yeah. how this is received so that when they get back to, to playing, you know, if Pat Bev is all over oh. LeBron and drops an MF, we were like, oh, mm -hmm. we've heard this before. No big we've deal. Heard. It's ain't our first rodeo. This ain't our first rodeo, so I don't know. But I, I do think if you're going to do that, that would just bring, like, the, the, the fan atmosphere and the, the, the fan reaction brings so much to, like, mm -hmm. a production and a broadcast of an NBA yeah. game that you have to have something to kind of replace that. Um, you know, maybe they yeah. pump in arena noise or something like that, but like, you've got to, we've got to hear the players talk trash. We've never really been able to get that. And, and that would just, that would just be amazing. Yeah. Aside from kind of a random mic that'll pick it up from like the rim and, and things like that from around the hoop. But yeah, I, I think that there's a lot of things that they can do 
Um, I don't know if we get unfiltered things, unfortunately, uh, just because there are children who love sports. And I think, true, you know, I, I think ESPN's getting away with the whole, you know, uncensored, you know, uncensored thing MJ. With the MJ Doc. It's MJ Doc, and they probably looked back at how many times he cursed, and they were like, eh, well, we're just going to do this. We don't want so, this entire thing to be bleeped out. So they just put a warning at the beginning. But I just can't see a world where there's that, that, that you know, viewer discretion advised essentially at the beginning of NBA basketball games or college football or right. NFL football games. But um, all that to say, yeah, I, I think that we're obviously we're in unprecedented times and I'm sick of hearing that phrase, but it's what we're in it's every single day and every single day. And um, but yeah, man, I, I think that there's a lot of cool things that they're going to be able to do. I think it's going to be very weird because watching UFC and that's a sport I'm not even really familiar with, but I could tell that it was just very odd um, but it was nice last night to have live sports. That was pretty refreshing. That's awesome. Well, time is going to tell. We, we don't know how much longer this whole thing is going to get dragged out, but um, it at least seems like, you know, the NBA and, you know, specifically the Magic, they're starting to take some steps towards getting back to basketball. So um, any Magic players, if you're out there, if you're going to be back at the Amway this week, live stream it we're dying for anything put it on instagram take some videos we know that you guys love filming your workouts and putting it on instagram so this is the time to do that it, by the way this is the only time i'm going to watch your workout videos so post them if you'd like i'll watch them this is the only time i don't know man markel fultz workout videos last year got leaked and that twitter went that, insane that's an exception all right that is that is quite the exception to I, I I will say I watched all of Markel Fultz and you freaked out in the gym and I freaked out any any rotation in the shoulder I was checking his shoulder zooming in on the video making sure that his shoulder's all right uh, but other than that man I'm not watching your workout videos <laughs> but right now some Chumo Kiki maybe would that interest you that you, you maybe yeah I could get, get you there. with some Chuma I got you you'd, you'd get me there oh boy. anywhere else anyways I don't, I don't care. I don't all right buddy you got anything else. No, I'm good. Awesome, awesome. All right, well, guys, we talked the last dance. We talked some NBA quarantine like we've been doing for the last eight weeks. Eventually, you guys are actually going to be able to hear Luke with some basketball takes. Believe that or not. It's coming. He's and they're going to come in. They're going to come in hot. Very hot. Very, very like, hot. Like Taco Bell out the back end. Whoa. Wow. That, that hot. That's, yes, sir. That's pretty hot, but... Yeah, probably. All right, awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to The Six Man Show. You can catch us each Monday. We'll be bringing the fire like Taco Bell, guys. So thanks for listening to The Six Man Show. For Luke, this is Jonathan. We will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Six Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. Please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It would really help us out a lot. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Six Man Show and like us on Facebook. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic.